morning. I'm going to do a little bit of uh, reading with non-royalty this morning. You ready? This is from Finding the Guru Within, written by Taryn Puri. I say that right? I think I did. I met uh, Taryn at a APP meeting in Calgary. Pretty cool dude. I think he's even cooler now after starting to read his book finally. Here we go. Listen up. We are a world in turmoil. Technologically, we're moving ahead at light speed with advances in artificial intelligence, robotics, and, and holography. While this progress takes place, as humans, our inner growth and evolution suffers and lags behind. We mistakenly continue to look for answers outside ourselves from external sources, which we have misguidedly determined to be the source of our solace and happiness. Whether it is within our personal and, and primary relationships, or within our professional lives, or even within our own bodies. We've given our power away to others whom we believe have the ability to give us the happiness we so desperately seek. Interesting. This book is to remind you that you will not find happiness from outside yourself. The material world, the human consciousness can assist and support you in growing, but ultimately, as the Dalai Lama once stated, you'll never find happiness through materialism. Why? Simply, the happiness you seek and deserve has its sources within you, or in the form of what I call your inner guru. Let me explain. And then he goes on to uh, um, expand on that and make some pretty interesting points. Now, personally, uh, I just want to let everyone know that I believe that true happiness is within ourselves, but it exists uh, within the Holy Spirit given to us through the grace of God. Anyhow, uh, that's pretty interesting. I, I would encourage you, if you haven't already, go pick up that book. And no, this isn't a, a paid advertisement. Finding the Guru Within. That's what it looks like. And have a read. You'll probably be happy you did. So that kind of goes along with something that I've been saying for quite some time. Um and it was Taryn who brought this up at an APP meeting and got me thinking about it. As we try and navigate these uncharted waters of, well, the future, which is turning into the present day by day, we, we often find ourselves in a position where we're looking around and things aren't right and, and nothing's making us happy and everything's wrong and this person's doing the wrong thing, that person's doing the wrong thing. If only they would change, if only they could do this. If only Kenny would resign. If only we could change CA boards. If only we could elect a new government. If only Tyler Shander would be fired. We keep thinking that by doing these things that we're somehow going to be happy. And I think along the way we're forgetting that happiness is really our own responsibility. I mean, can, can we be happy with a tyrannical government? Could you be happy when the NDP was in power before? I had lots of times where I was happy. The only way we're going to be happy about anything or make the changes that we want to see is if we first work on ourselves. So lately I've been seeing a lot of, um, you know, there's a lot of political stuff going on and 90% of it is bashing the other guys. It's one 
political candidate talking about how the other ones are so bad that you have to vote for them. And we don't really hear a lot about what these folks want to do right. Now, knowing that we can't change other people or change uh, um, the way they feel or the way act, the way the way they act, we're only left with ourselves. We can change what we're doing and how we're acting and the things that we're saying and try and encourage them to do the same. And I believe this extends right into politics. If we want to see our politicians doing the right thing, then we should be doing the right thing um, and and encouraging them to do the right thing as well. We should be setting the example. We should be leading by example. If we want to see the premier um, do good things, we should be doing good things ourselves and 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 show her that Albertans want to do the right thing. So it's it was pretty interesting um, when I when I got that book in the mail. Honestly, I haven't even cracked it until today. I just started reading it today. I've been really busy and uh, probably wasting time with things like sleeping. So what does that mean for the political landscape right now? Well, I mean, you might be going to political meetings or uh, or kind of outside political meetings or whatever. And you might be hearing people talk about how they're so angry at other people. They're so, you know, these people are so evil. They're so bad and, and all this. But I think it's time we start asking them, well, what would you like to do? What What's your plan? How are you going to change the world? What are you going to do? Who are you going to be to 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 become the change you want to see in the world. I, I've, I've said that at numerous meetings. That's what we have to do. We have to, we have to be the changes that we want to see in the world. <clears throat> if we want to see a world that's happy and prosperous, we have to work on ourselves and to be happy and prosperous. We can't constantly just stand up and, and bash other people and be angry about them. I mean, the time for anger, maybe it's not over for everybody. Um, it's certainly over for me. I was angry at the government for a long time for what they did. And uh, I've just come to a point where being I realized that being angry isn't going to accomplish anything. It's certainly not going to attract any more support. And uh, that's something I got to work on myself. So on that note, I just want to remind everyone that, that the last three years, they were absolutely unprecedented, but not because we had some sort of a virus not because the government was doing stupid things. It was unprecedented because none of us had ever lived through it before and none of us really knew how to handle that type of situation. We all learned kind of as we went. Some people learned quicker than others. Uh, some people had great successes. Some people made some big mistakes. Some people lost their lives. And for those of you who maintained the straight and narrow, stuck up, stood up for yourselves, uh, didn't comply with the tyranny, and and you did it with with grace and dignity. Uh, kudos to you. For all you folks who lost your jobs because you refused to give your body to the government, good for you. Um, I don't care what your political stripe is. I don't care what your race or creed or religion or sex or even if you don't have sex, I don't care. Um, the, I'm proud of every person that actually stood up for themselves in the face of what we were facing. It wasn't easy. We had the government convincing the province that those of us who uh, refused to become part of an experiment, that the government convinced people that we were bad, that we were 
causing them harm. As a matter of fact, Jason Kenny went live on Facebook and he said, this is a problem of the unvaccinated. If only the unvaccinated would do their part, we would lift the restrictions for the vaccinated. Wow. Wow. In a world where bullying is condemned and, and we're not supposed to con conform to peer pressure, both those things live on very strongly, even at our top levels of government and leadership in this province and in this country. So for those of you who, uh, who maintained the course, good for you. And for those of you who complied and did what the government said because that's what you had to do to survive, good for you too. And don't let anybody ever tell you any otherwise. As a father, um, I would take a bullet for my children. And I had a conversation with uh, someone who's become a, a fairly good friend of mine uh, when, these, when the mandates were just rolling out. And he said, you know, in my job, they tell me that I, if I don't do this, I can't do my job. And as a father, if that's what I got to do, that's what I got to do. And a lot of people were put in that situation. Sadly, some of them paid the ultimate price and could no longer uh, provide for their families at all because, you know, they died. But such is life. Unfortunately, that's part of life, death. Speaking of death, uh, there was some people asking me why I didn't make any comments on the two police officers who were murdered in the line of duty in Edmonton uh, last week. And I, I just want to let you know, I had actually started to do that. Um, I was going through reading some stuff about that, trying to get a grasp on exactly what happened. I still don't know exactly what happened. And some of the comments I saw, they made me just shut my web browser and go do something else. I mean, two police officers lost their lives. That's a big deal. Human life is sacred. Those those officers had mothers and fathers, and and I think they had um, kids, or one of them had kids. They had brothers and sisters. They had friends, family. They were important. Their lives mattered. And that's what's important here, that lives were lost. But in the comments of some of these things, I saw stuff like, you know, basically saying, oh, yeah, you know, you were just doing your job or, you know, just horrible things from a place of anger, of course, because of what we've seen police do over the last few years. But even, even the, the members of police or authority or AHS like that, that were just doing their job and, and being part of tyranny, they're human beings and they have family and they're, they matter. You know, they might not be doing the right thing, but they matter. And I, I really think that all of those, you know, all those things that make you angry about those people, when something like this happens, that those things don't matter anymore. Life and death matters. The, uh, <clears throat> the RCMP sergeant who arrested me uh, when I was protesting, just doing his job. I, I, I actually considered him to be, you know, not just a cop. Like I, I, I saw him as a man and, a, and as a father and as a person. We had a mutual respect, or so I thought. He was doing, he did something to me that, you know, some people would say is unforgivable. Well, he arrested me. 
because I was protesting. He was part of the tyranny. He gave me tickets and this and that. Well, he he took his own life uh, a few weeks ago. And it got me thinking. Well, actually, it hit me like a ton of bricks. It hit me like a freight train. Maybe that was the freight train. Yeah, it well, it hit me like a freight train. I was thinking about Bruce. And Bruce was, uh, as far as I know, he was the gang unit commander in Edmonton for years. Now, imagine the things that man has seen. Imagine the horrible atrocities he's witnessed and, and had to deal with. He's had to pick people's body parts up off the road. He's seen things that would break the average person. Yet he continued to do his job. Um, he dealt with an organization that was not easy to work in, extremely political. You know, oftentimes you would be uh, uh, ridiculed for doing the right thing. Dealt with a public who believed that he was evil just because he was a police officer. And then coming into COVID, forced to do something in his job that he didn't really want to do. I had conversations with Bruce about him being there and he he did not want to be there he always made clear that you know this isn't what he wants to want to be doing that day he's only doing it because that's part of his job and he that's this is our relationship i have to give you this ticket and that's it and then he had people calling him a nazi and So this, this guy who, who's devoted his life to, to being a police officer and, and trying to do something worthwhile finds himself in a position where his employer and his bosses are, are, put, are making him a public enemy. That's got to be stressful. Nobody likes that. I don't like it when people say bad things about me. And then some family problems, I, as far as I know. I mean, who doesn't have family problems from time to time? Anyway, all of this resulted in um, him not wanting to be here anymore. And now he's not here and he's gone. And that's that. Just like that. And the world keeps going. Tyranny keeps happening. Crime keeps happening. People keep getting hurt. Other police are picking up people's body parts off the road now. Other police officers are um, commanding gang units and, and dealing with the most horrific, vile crimes you've ever seen in your life. And they go largely unthanked. And now, even further, they're persecuted for being part of the organization doing that job. Not easy for anybody. So I'm just going to leave you with that. <clears throat> I just want to remind you that we're we're all human. And regardless of the path we're choosing in our pursuit of trying to make the world a better place or trying to do the right thing, or even of holding people accountable who have done horrible things to people in the last three years, we're all going to the same place. And we're going to be there before we know it.
So we should really start making our time here worthwhile. We should start making our time here happier. First, by working on ourselves and getting to a place where we can be happy in the face of anything. And then being leaders and, and being a light for other people who also are struggling with finding happiness in these strange times. Yeah. Anyway, there you go. That's my attempt at being a guru. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Oh, no. Did you see that? Bigfoot's real. I saw it on Facebook. See you at the Whistle Stop Cafe, everybody.